0: All right, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry, I'm joined as always by Chris Walton, A.K. Walt. How are you doing tonight, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. You know, trying to trying to exit health and safety protocol, and then after that, I'll be good to go.
0: Yeah, we uh, we're trying to get Walt out of uh, health and safety protocol so he can get back in the court uh, and continue contributing for us. Uh, but as always, uh, with the Lakers, we've got, you know, those health and safety protocols, those availability excuses ready at the hand, but mm-hmm. Walt's, uh, Walt's going to perform way better than the Lakers and health and safety protocols, uh, and on a serious note, we're going to get that COVID out of his system. But, with that being said, it's been an absurd week, uh, even more absurd week for, for the Lakers than, uh, our friend Walt over here. Probably the most absurd week of the year, and that is saying something for this stupid season. Uh, let me try and give the quickest recap I can. We're recording this Thursday night. Let me try and give a recap of what's happened in not even a full four days of this week. All right. Monday, Lakers beat the Jazz. It was arguably their best win of the season. Probably the most shocking win of the season, at least maybe that and the heat game earlier this season. But, I, but considering the Lakers lost by like 35-ish to the Nuggets two days prior, I'd say that Jazz win. Probably the best. Um, And you'd think Tuesday morning uh, us Lakers fans would be waking up feeling good. Wrong. Everyone wakes up to the Athletic reporting that Vogel was close to being fired after that Nuggets game and that he'd be evaluated on a game-to-game basis moving forward. Then later in that day, a report comes out detailing how Kurt Rambis, our basically shadow GM owner and possibly coach uh he's been interjecting into coaches meetings which led to vogel saying for the game that he meets with the front office and management after every single game oh i don't know why that's preposterous terrible? uh seems like a guy who's under a very heavy watch fly uh <laughs> like the lord of the rings eye just staring down at vogel at all times anyways uh after that they actually still had some basketball basketball to play uh, Pacers were coming into town on Wednesday. Since the Lakers played hard on Monday and secured a win for Vogel, uh, you'd expect the same against the Pacers, right? Wrong. Again, Lakers Wrong. dropped that one because, of course, they win. When we're, they do the best job at winning when we don't expect it and losing when we don't expect it. Anyways, they dropped that one. In that game, Vogel benches Russ for the final three minutes or so causing Russ to leave the arena without talking to the media and causing a subsequent report from ESPN's Dave McMenamin that the front office gave Vogel the green light a week and a half ago to do what he sees fit with Russ, including benching him late in games. Mm. Walt, what a week, huh?
1: Man, what started out well, not so promising because Saturday night was rough. But the week started out promising. You know, we got a little buzz going. Uh, Stan had a a great game against Utah. Small ball looked good. And, you know, you kind of can pull from that game and be like, all right, we got some stuff to work with. We got some good news on AD. AD got Mm -hmm. cleared. It was like on the up and up and then.
0: Yeah, sorry. Let me me not forget something positive actually happened. That same mm -hmm. Monday night, we got news that he was cleared for contact. Uh, another report said he might come back in this Grammy road trip that he's about to, or that the Lakers are about to embark on, but sorry, go
1: mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, man, it was too many good things happening. So I should have known, I should have known to get my hopes <laughs> up. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> oh. I woke up Tuesday morning and uh, Adam Silver called me and said, you're going to health and safety protocol. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then I looked at my phone and here come these, these leaks and these reports, man. Okay, I've never
0: that, seen that like that, man. That report... <laughs> so, for some behind-the-scenes, uh, Walt lives around the Atlanta area on the Eastern Time Zone. I'm on that Central Time Zone. That report came out at, like... I want to say it was, like, 8 a.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. So, like, 6 a.m. for most Lakers fans. Which is unbelievable. Literally, like, not even... Maybe eight hours removed from the Lakers' best win in the season... I think the Lakers just secretly despise Stanley Johnson. I almost feel like that. Like I almost feel like Stanley Johnson is not. We'll talk about Stanley later. I kind of feel like they're just not going to give him a contract for the rest of the season, and I have no explanation for why I think that, other than the Lakers hate us.
1: Hey, bro. It's.
0: I mean, only... he, had, he had he had like it was like a capstone on like how good he's been for us in that Jazz game. He had a great post game interview with Mike Trudell. literally mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite post game interviews I've seen like any Laker do in like a year or two. Just to, like literally was like hopping up and down like a kid who ate too much candy. You know, <laughs> said the word energy like fifty times because he literally cannot do anything else but give energy. <laughs> and then the Lakers said, "No, nah, we still we've got some beef to hash out on yeah. these Twitter streets." All right, sorry, Stanley.
1: Like, yeah, oh, hold your horse. I they don't got John Black don't do PR no more, right?
0: Uh I I was hearing um I'm not even sure who that is to be completely honest, but uh I was hearing Harrison Fagan from Silver Screen and Roll the other day saying uh they've got like a new PR team as of okay. recently.
1: I thought so, because they like
0: either right before the season or in the middle of the season, I don't really know.
1: Just organizationally you just don't allow stuff like that to happen at this time. Um, because it's like the this would be the equivalent of um I guess like going to uh to like buy a house or something and doing like a whole bunch of financial stuff, putting yourself in jeopardy and not being able to secure your loan. Like we're going into the trade deadline. So you can't have a drama and off of that drama, you know, it's desperation. So teams don't try to pluck stuff from you that you don't want to give up. and You mm-hmm. just don't want to go into negotiations like that. You know what I'm saying? Because who wants to help you if you basically, you know, kind of you at the dinner showing out. You had too much to drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: I mean, you know what, Well, Eric, let's just go ahead and segue to whatever segment I wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> on Friday, they're playing, I believe, they're 22 and 23, right? So Friday's going to be their 46th game. Mm -hmm. Of the 82 game season They're going to be taking on the Orlando Magic I don't think I've talked to you It's very uh, poignant how this all comes out Before the Lakers play the Pacers And the Magic Uh, Frank Vogel's two only teams He's uh, been a head coach for And I don't know, probably a loss on Friday Uh, And that's a wrap for Frank Vogel In a Lakers uniform Well, a Lakers quarter zip, I guess But we'll see about that We'll talk about that later I want to figure out from you, Walt, and I'll give my thoughts on well, thoughts as well on what we're thinking about in terms of their championship odds. So, kind of a crazy thing to talk about right now, considering they're considering they're twenty-two and twenty-three, but that's the only goal for this uh, for this team this season. So, on a scale of one to ten, Walt, your little championship confidence scale, ten being Uh, I believe my example that I gave you was the Warriors up 3-0 in the finals against like a Cavs (laughs) team with no Kyrie, no Kevin Love. Uh, Super confident, ready to get that win the next night, get Mm -hmm. the championship. One being, let's just say a team like the Thunder or the Magic this season. Mm
1: -hmm. Nearly
0: zero chance of winning a championship, but you never know. So where are you at on that scale? I'm actually not sure where I'm at right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on the fly, but where are you at? Gotcha.
1: I'm at a four on a scale of one to ten because, for me, there is not a complete team. You, We don't even have to get into the who's fault is it Russ, us, um, Frank Vogel, LeBron. We don't have to do all of that. In terms of the personnel, you need to win a championship. Like, I'm just sitting here watching the Suns and the Mavericks play. The Mavericks are close to being a championship team than the Lakers are. At right now, it's very... Prominent. The
0: Mavericks would... If uh, we beat them on that Austin Reeves buzzer beater that mm-hmm. one game, Um, they didn't have Luka in that game, right? mm The Mavericks, not even Luka aside, even if they didn't have Luka right now, the Mavericks would kill us right now.
1: Yeah, because they... It's funny because they beat us in the same fashion that we used to beat teams. Well, they stuck with us the same way we used to stick with great teams in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty, when uh you know either either Lebron or AD was out and Frank Vogel just had like the the bench and um uh, you know Rondo or Schroeder. That's how they kind of stuck with us and gave us a game, and we just don't have that. We don't have that. And I understand why we don't have it because we don't have those same players. That's obvious. But you are what your effort is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And this is just me. I done watched a whole lot of basketball. I ain't no executive. I ain't no pro. But I know, like, when it's not an effort thing. It's a they're not good enough thing is what I see. Like, sometimes you just can't. It ain't it ain't in people to make like second efforts, multiple rotations. Like they can do it like one or two or three games in a row, but they might not do it the next five six games. That's just what it is, man. And people need to just be comfortable with that. That's 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 basketball. Sometimes you don't have enough. You might have enough top end talent, and you top heavy, and you might not have enough role players. To, you know what I'm saying? Get the job done. Like we didn't see that throughout history. Um. Especially all these through teams Lakers, that's Yeah, like teams we beat, the Kings, the Blazers like back in the day where they had like good top-end talent. But, you know, our role players did like the dirty work, Horace Grant, the, the Glenn Rices, the Ron Harpers, um, <laughs> the Mark Madsons get in and like, you know, do what they can. The Devin Georges, all right, we don't have those kind of players on our roster. And, you know, I know I'm kind of speaking on like, crazy pass but you know like I said you're looking at like the looking at all the the contenders and the guys and teams that's like on the up and up the Grizzlies Suns the um, the Nets the Heat like these are teams that's like grabbing people off the margins and they're coming in and they just step in and just do their job and do it like they don't have a job you know tomorrow and they just go go hard and you know, unfortunately, our Rock, we do not have players that go hard, except you know Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson. Coincidentally, players who undrafted and off the street who know like this could very well be my like you know. Well, Austin Reeves fine now, but they are they in that same old, You know what I'm saying? As far as mm-hmm. like not yeah. really, nothing's nothing's promised. I guess you can say like Austin Reeves don't know when his role can get cut when everybody's healthy, and Stanley Johnson don't even know what if he's going to make it past February or so. Um, you know, they treat their time as such. And we just got a bunch of, like I said, it's not like when we say this, we're not talking down on the players. We're just telling you, like, that's what it is, man. That's human nature.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have been coming at Avery Bradley. I, I can't really even say anything bad about Avery Bradley because – he literally got waived by the Warriors. I mean, first of all, the Warriors are good. So if the you're getting waived by the Warriors, it's not really the worst thing in the world. But he's like 14-whatever-year veteran getting waived. Like, you might as well, like, that's putting up a sign, like, I'm washed up or, like, whatever. Yeah. Not, not he's saying that. But that's basically what that means. And we got him out there basically starting every other game or every game, every game or whatever. Yeah. And people get so mad at him or whatever. I mean, he has had some, like, really rough, um, you know, Volga always rants and raves about his on-ball defense, but his off-ball defense sucks. But I was going to say, you know, you're talking about all these players that play so hard for us, Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson's, like, 6'6", and that's one thing. But mostly, like, Avery Bradley's, like, what, 6'3", 6'2"? Yeah, like 6'2". Malik Monk, been one of our best players this season, 6'3". Like... Reeves, I think is like six, five, but like, he's pretty small. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. they, and the Lakers got to play in like a wing and he's not like he's, he's like, they've got him playing against or alongside Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook as like the three basically, mm-hmm. or, you know, interchangeably Monk at the two or him at the three or vice versa. But like, I mean, I guess in terms of my championship confidence scale, I would really say, um, I was thinking three. <laughs> I can't believe I was going to say something lower than you, honestly, because I feel like a couple of weeks ago, I still had some hope and you were telling me I'm a fool. Uh, but <laughs> I, I all up to a four and it's a little like premature almost that we're saying this because after the trade deadline, I mean, I'm a little like, I'm not even really excited about the trade deadline. I'm scared. I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like they're going to be doing some crazy desperate stuff now.
1: Yeah. At least this is my thought process on a trade deadline. And let me start I mean, there's by there's no. Uh, the,
0: I was going to say we haven't made an in-season trade since Magic left. So yeah. after that 2018-19 to 19 season, we haven't made an in-season trade since that. We are 100,000% making at least one. I mean, I guess we already made a trade with Rondo. But like. You know, up to the trade deadline, trade, we're 100,000 making, 100,000% making at least one, if not (laughs) five trades.
1: Yeah. This is the last year they didn't have to make a trade. They honestly didn't have to because they just, they simply just weren't healthy and they sustained because they had all the high motor guys. Schroeder still was good for us. Um, You know, Montrez was good for us. Russo was good for us. ACP. ACP, yeah. So, you know, they got by on, Like I said, their third star is their defense and Frank Vocal. Like, I don't know why it's so hard to admit or for people to understand. Just like a player can be great and can have fatal flaws that the flaw is so fatal that it always jump out at you. It's a loud mistake. Coaches are the same way. So I give coaches their leeway. And whether you like it or not, Frank Vogel's an elite defensive coach in a league where you're not going to win a championship if you don't play defense. You're not gonna excuse me. You're not gonna out offense nobody in this league nah. no more. You can't do that. Like don't get drunk off of what Golden State did. Cause at the same time, Golden State was an elite level defense. There's they, not gonna be clumped.
0: like there's not gonna be some championship team where they win and everyone's going, Man, those plays that Frank Vogel designed. They were the reason. That was the reason they won. Like, no chance.
1: Ever. No. Listen, half the reason why.
0: No one's talking about Mike Budenholzer and all those dope plays he drew up last year.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, Budenholzer, he's the same way. Like, he, you know, for a while he wouldn't put Giannis at the five. But now he's come around to it and Giannis is, like, going crazy. Like, there's a method to everybody's madness when they do different stuff. You know what I'm saying? And Um, he's coming around now, which is a sign of good progress, but he still got like a lot of, uh, a lot of ground to cover. But, um, you know, like I said, it's, they got by on, it wasn't just the, the defense Uh, that turned into offense. Their great defense was easy offense transition, Mm -hmm. being able to get stops, get rebounds and then attack you know, another defense that's not set. Like, all of that is an advantage, and it take a lot of pressure off the team. Even though you will see, like, them go through these droughts, they can afford the droughts because then they can put the other team in a drought and score just enough baskets through AD and LeBron. They didn't need to, like, do – they're not ever going to be, like, a beautiful game team. That's just not what they are. And –
0: and, you know, or, and I've been waiting to say that. I, I've not seen anyone make this point this whole week. And, you know, like, I feel like people literally want every single play Lakers to be coming down. LeBron or Russ, like initiate some set and like go to work. You know why that's never going to happen? Because LeBron James does not want to. No. <laughs> and and it's also because LeBron James is super good at just going down, getting into the short post. And figuring out where the open guy is, or if he can just take his guy to the rim. Like, Franklin could be like telling him every single play to run some little set, and it's not going to happen. LeBron's gonna say like, okay, but like fifty percent of the time, I'm gonna do this isolation.
1: Yeah, they were a. Run, and that's they fine. Were a, largely a running gun team. Like they pay the pace. Um, you know, the last few years been like high, but now they are more of a and th- and that's more playoff. Basketball too, slowing the game down, uh, you know, taking over, taking as much time as you can out of possessions and then, you know, applying pressure to the rim or getting like the best shot. Let's play out basketball. So even if they did play a beautiful game, that's what it's going to do. It's going to default to what they're doing now. Um, And, you know, I was actually, you know, listening to Kevin O'Connor today and he was talking about Russ like sacrificing and adjusting his game. And how like it's time, I do think, and this is my read on it. It ain't me predicting anything, but I thought all this, all these things Frank Vogel's said yesterday, um, I could translate them into other things that he meant. Uh, one, when he did say he wanted to play the players, you know, who would he wanted to play? Whatever he said about playing the players to win the game, obviously he was like, hey, you know, for a long time he kind of let rest slide. On defense, and we all got the tape. I don't, I don't care how you feel about Russ. I respect him as a man, as a basketball player. We've all seen the tape in these close games where he made so many critical errors, where any player would get benched for the errors that he made. You know what I'm saying? And I,
0: and, and I feel like people, <laughs> I feel like people love to talk about like how he, like, will get a shot to go in or whatever, and he starts heating up, and he gets that momentum, and that's when he starts killing it. He could have, he can make like five or six shots in a row and be flying around defense and he's still going to make that stupid mistake on defense.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's like, what maybe, and this is like not so much as things that we, we, uh, we plan to talk about, but what kind of gets me a little like makes me roll my eyes when people have these conversations is like, dude, I take it a lot of y'all played basketball and a lot of y'all you know, we've all gotten to situations where we watch teammates or whatever do stuff like that. Where they, Yeah, they make like three or four good plays, but then you know, like, hey, when it's like a minute left, this player's yep. going to have the ball. Don't give it to that player. Because that player might, he might drive to the rim, get a layup, put us up, but he might triple, and he might, say, dribble, from and my they might fly in his hands.
0: From my experience, it's always my point guard. Yeah. Like I mean, it always is. Like it's whatever. It's the little point guard who gets start get, starts getting heat up, starts feeling himself, and then you know, late game, like he might have twenty, thirty points, but then boom, turnover, or boom, just you know, fall asleep. I mean, Russ is one of the worst ball watching people I've ever seen on defense. It's crazy. Just you could see him. You could see him just his head just stop and. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like every single coach in the world is always saying, like, head on a swivel, head on a swivel. Like, yeah, your guy, the ball, uh, the three or four other guys on the court, eye on all of them at as many times or as much time as you can. Ugh. But, yeah. I don't know, man. There's so there's so much wrong with this team. Like, we could literally go in 7,000 directions. Um I will say like, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you at a four in terms of uh scale to one to ten of our confidence in them winning a the championship. Do you could you see it getting up to a number after the trade deadline at all? Or are you thinking you're at a four or five no matter what? I mean they don't um, have much to trade, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they uh they have to it's like two moves that they would have to make. For me to be a believer. Um, one, they definitely we don't have to talk about it in detail, they need another wing bad. But two, bad, they actually need another point guard. Like an so? organ they need an organizer.
0: I can see that. I mean one guy I really, 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 really wanted to get this off season was Patty Mills.
1: They need they need a uh an adult. Mm-hmm on the floor um that the player who's the mode of player who i would think about them having as far as like just an adult would be like an ish smith somebody who's just like solid they're mm-hmm. gonna give you effort they're gonna he can give you pace he can he can give you a game where he can get like 10 points in a row he's gonna take care of the ball you know as far as like not turning the ball over which, uh, you know, go to your Patty's, Patty Mills point. Because I think a lot of times you don't want to put too much of the burden on LeBron. And, yeah. hey, I'm going to be honest with you, this Russell Westbrook in twenty one, twenty one, twenty twenty two 2022 is still a good player, but he's not the player that, you know, you want to – that's proven that he can keep the Lakers steady when you stagger him with these bench units. You know what I'm saying? He needs somebody yeah. to kind of slot him down and keep him, like, organized, if that makes sense. Um, I think you can get a lot out of a, out of him if you did have, like, another guard. I know that sounds weird. Like, they need a true point guard. I like the scoring guards they got, which is, while I'm saying that, I keep forgetting about Kendrick Nunn. That could be the the guard. Yeah, they, that could they be what you're looking for. So, yeah, so that's – I do I, – I, I feel the momentum as far as I believe in him being somebody who can help if they don't trade him.
0: Uh, I feel er, Kendrick Nunn had a tweet tonight where Mm. I can't remember what he said, but he was basically just saying, like, you guys think you're annoyed? Like, (laughs) I'm super annoyed. I haven't been able to play basketball this entire damn season. More (laughs) than halfway through the season. I have not even come close to the court. If not, I'm farther from it than I was, like, two two weeks ago or whatever the hell it was. Crazy. Um, Yeah, the sad thing about him is that if we want to get a wing – he he ain't gonna be here unless there's a way unless some team out there wants to give us a prized wing for solely the services of t h d uh which i sincerely doubt mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like i could get up to like man like a six maybe if they do like everything perfect at the trade deadline and the biggest part for me you know, they could, you know, I don't even know. They could bring like LeBron from like 2011 onto the team from the trade deadline, but if they don't get strange get Dr. Strange, get the variants in here, get LeBron from 2011, LeBron from 2005, we're going. (laughs) Um, But no, like we need Anthony Davis to come in and be way better at defense than he was to start the season be at least a midway point in between where he's been shooting this season and the bubble. Like, I hear everyone all the time, you're never going to get that bubble AD again in shooting-wise. I I know that. That's fine. I don't want that. I know I can't get it. <laughs> Let me just get, like, halfway. Like, what is he shooting from three this year? It's, like, something ridiculous. Like yeah, I it's think it's like low, yeah, it's
1: below 20%. Yeah, it's below, like, 20%. It's, like, it's so bad that it can only get good.
0: And he's, like... uh maybe a 29, 30% shooter for his career. Like I feel like he's like right around 30 on like good years getting like 35 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like, you know, something to write home about, but like getting that, getting his defensive presence, I don't think he's the easy fix for the defense to just, you know, 80's not going to come back and then we're going to go be the number one defense like we were last year for the rest of the season. That'd be sick. I'd be pumped. Mm-hmm but they need like a Jeremy Grant. They need some sort of wing. They just don't like, you can't just be having, we have so many times where it's just Russ, Monk and Reeves out there. That's such a small one through three when you have like LeBron or Stanley Johnson at the five. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I mean, AD would help a lot. Um, But like, I don't know. I, I feel like, this team only has like the capital at the trade deadline to make like two moves, two significant moves. And I feel like they need like three or four.
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> so the as it man. is to say. Yeah. And it's like it's the getting more players would be fine, but I wish that they could have the effort of the players that, you know, do their job. I wish um, you know, that was done across the board. Last night I was watching, uh, it was a possession where I think Stanley Johnson literally rotated on everybody. He came up, I think Torrey Cray had the ball, he poked the ball away, and then he like (laughs) slid down, rotated. He went and like got in the passing lane, then he closed out, and then he he did so much he couldn't even get to the rim on time to stop the play. But he was like two seconds too late, but if he had got there – if somebody else had a got there, they could have stopped. But you know, it's it's little stuff like that. So what's kind of I won't even call it weird. I guess I'm a little disappointed because you know, Palenka and company they fancy themselves like basketball savants, and you know they got an idea how the games should be played. When they talk about playing with thrust and how they want to see the team, um, you know, do what they do, but you have to flank LeBron and AD with a specific type of player. And I just don't understand. Like, I know teams make boards as far as, like, free agent tiers and players that they want. I just don't understand, like, once they've seen them win the championship, how they kind of just didn't, like, go from there and just say, this is who we are. Like, I know front offices have plans extending, like, well past three, four, and five years. Like how do you not have everything mapped out? Like how do we not hear about them pulling up the Tory Craig door? Like do you want the mini mid level to be the wing we need after he had? You know he had a solid playoffs because he's like the ideal wing I want. He he's nothing sexy, but you know you can just put him out there and he he's gonna do the thing.
0: They don't. You know, they don't need anything sexy. They literally brought Stanley Johnson out from like the South Bay Lakers, or like off a ten-day contract for the Bulls, and he's literally like he's like fans' favorite player right now because he's coming in and he's literally just doing the dirty work and running all over the court. And yeah, I mean, when I first saw like Russ get traded to the Lakers, I mean, it was like I think I talked about it on here. I was just like, what the hell was going on? I feel like I was almost more shocked at that than when we just initially signed LeBron, even though that was also a freaking great day. But, and I was excited, and in my mind, like everyone, most people were saying it wasn't going to work. In my mind, I thought, all right, LeBron's still going to run the show. Like, LeBron's not going to come in here and just let Russ just, like, start dribbling the ball up every single time, which he has not, whether it's because Russ is stunk or what. But, like, I was like, okay, maybe Russ can just literally just use his freak athleticism and start actually playing D. Not even playing D, just doing the bare minimum on D. Still hasn't done that. Okay, maybe he can play off-ball and be a pretty good off-ball threat, cutting, or whatever. He's done that in, like, spurts. I think it is also much easier for him to do that when it's LeBron, AD, full crew out there. But he hasn't really done it. And like, I just needed him to replicate maybe like half of the effort that we were losing in like Caruso and Kuzma and KCP. Like, not even like, I'm not even him getting him trying to get him to be as hardworking as one of those three players. I wanted to be like half of like one of them. And he just hasn't done that. Like, he's literally been like 1% out of the defensive IQ and effort that those three had on every night. Like, that's why we were number one defense last year. We didn't have LeBron and AD for, like, three months of the season. Our defense should have been ass. Should have been terrible. But, you know, like, the Lakers aren't the only teams that take off nights. But when you get, like, when you have Caruso and KCB and Kuzma who don't take off nights ever, you're going to catch some teams and defend them pretty well. When mm-hmm. you're, you know, you've got those guys playing decently high minutes and giving effort. And, I mean, we're trending in a uh, decent direction with that rotation-wise with, like, you know, Reeves getting, like, pretty good amount of minutes, Monk too, Stanley Johnson. Um, but, like, I mean, Trevor Ariza is looking like a hit and a miss or swinging swing and a miss, big time. Can't Bazemore, I know for a fact they had high hopes for Bazemore. Absolute dud. And DeAndre Jordan, I don't know what they're smoking. <laughs> I don't know who thought. I, I don't know what parties. I don't care if it was Kurt Rambis, LeBron, Russ, AD, Plinka. Whoever thought they were getting anything out of that guy, it's foolish,
1: man. Um, what? Hey, can we talk yeah. about Bazemore real quick? So my thing with Baysmore, that's a that's another perfect example. That's that's the that's my litmus test on you know this whole conversation around Russ and how people clutch their pearls whenever you, you know what I'm saying, you hold a mirror up to them. I wish people, or I don't see nobody going as hard for Baysmore, And what Bazemore specifically does, um, they need it bad. Even the idea of what he do, they need it bad. I said they're, or, they're, I wrote, they're, riding, I they're riding on the idea of what Russ is supposed to be. I'd rather, you could take the risk with a role player, too, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, before the season, I literally wrote that he, <laughs> I mean, it's looking absolutely foolish now, which I mean, basically anything predictive I write turns out to be an absolute fool uh, or looks like a fool's writing. But I said he was like the fourth most important person on the team other than the top three dogs. Cause mm-hmm. if they could have got, I mean, he's a wing. We've got a wing just like chilling, rotting on our bench until we trade him for whatever we're going to trade him for nothing. Or, I don't even know, wave them, but you know, that costs Genie too much money, so we won't be waving them. But, anyways, like theoretically, a guy who defends well, plays hard, can knock down at a wide open three. I mean, I'm basically describing Avery Bradley, except if Avery Bradley was like three or four Holler. inches taller. <laughs> like, and that's exactly what we need. I mean, I don't know, our. I feel like we'll get more info about that, like, at the end of the season or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I am actually, I mean, like, all the data shows that, like, he really did stink it up. And he did. He's a classic player who, like, is playing hard, but then, like, will just do end up, like, missing a layup on a fastback or just doing something really stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. If he was, If they thought he was doing that too much. And he was given, or he wasn't doing the best on defense. Like whatever, but like it is still just shocking to me that he's just rotting on the bench.
1: DeAndre yeah, Jordan's like... not
0: DeAndre Jordan's not surprising to me because one, he ruins everything. <laughs> he ruins everything for his teammates around him. And then on top of that, he stinks and he's washed up. Like, Bruh. I, I really <laughs> think baseball might like go somewhere. If he goes to a contender, he's going to do something like in the playoffs. Yep, that's that's, really that's going to
1: piss go you off. Well. But he, tell you, might not,
0: he might not end up on a contender, but we'll see.
1: You know what team I think he might end up on? And he'll actually be good because their offense. Not When I say good, listen, people. Let me I guess. do not mean that he will go there and he will shoot 60% from three and go balls to the wall. I mean because of the other pieces around him, the system that this team runs, the identity they built, He's a better fit because he's been in this specific kind of system before, or something similar. Go ahead and give me the guess, and then I'm gonna lay it on you.
0: Western Conference or Eastern Conference team?
1: Western Conference. I need, I need It's two hint. teams. It's two teams.
0: And they're contenders.
1: Yep. Well, one of them is like people don't believe in them, but they are contenders. Mavericks. I think he'd be okay there. Think. Uh, think further out west and northwest.
0: For uh, um, Warriors, <laughs> or uh, we go. he wouldn't uh, be bad. like Super Northwest Trailblazers.
1: Mm, I think, I think this state is a little bit below. Oh, I no, think
0: don't do not don't do I don't know
1: his states. This state could oh, be in shoot. the middle of the country. Are, are
0: you off? Are you off or I'm off? <laughs> what, what team give me the I team? I don't even
1: know. It's, I was thinking of Utah Jazz. Okay. I can see him going to the Jazz and being like taking up uh, – who's losing? Like, just going there and just playing, like, taking – because they're they trying to get wings, and Joe Ingles be, like, kind of in and out of the rotation.
0: And I and think he he just, he's, he's on, like, a an expiring contract, right? So he, like – he might for sure get traded out of there.
1: Yeah, save him some but money when they, can get, when they can get him for, you know, Bazemore for cheaper. And he don't have to play many minutes, which he should be playing many minutes for us which is the way I thought that they were you know that they would use him. Um well, no, I take that back. I did think he I mean, was going to start right out of the gate. I mean, Stanley like,
0: Johnson only played like 17 minutes on Wednesday. I I wouldn't hate 17 minutes out of Bays.
1: 13 minutes of base. You can't do. And I do think the way that they want to play now with a small ball is better for what he does cuz he he fit in well with Golden State because of their principles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like our principles are not like, you know, um Golden State's principle. We're more we're of We're still a,
0: trying to figure out what the hell our principles are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we want a ball pressure blitz, you know. Um our
0: only principles going into the season was we're gonna be a dope ass fast breaking team. But like, you know what do you need to be a fast breaking team? stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, get a stop. A stop. That oh, okay, are that are okay, like well, twenty years old.
0: Oh, and we gotta stop. Guess what we need next? Rebound. Can't do that either.
1: Oh, bro, we was getting just Mauled mold on the boards last by the night. And they didn't have, you know, Sabonis is a solid rebounder. They didn't have
0: Miles Turner.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: It's crazy.
1: That's what kind of and I didn't get a chance to like put that energy or tweet it out early on. I was like, damn, we getting like cute on the boards. They played good, but I still didn't feel like oh, this one's in hand. Oh, the I didn't Lakers? feel that at all. Yeah, I didn't feel that last night. So, so I wasn't surprised when they came when on um, the Pacers came back.
0: Yeah, I watched. So I didn't watch the game last night live. I didn't watch it live. And then I watched I tried to get it in all in before work this morning, and I got through the first three quarters. And like, I felt like I was watching the Lakers in a the game. They were down by ten the entire time.
1: Yeah, and if like, you hit the score, you that, wouldn't even know that they were like. Beat them by like
0: 12. No, I one point there. The Lakers were up by like 15 and I was angry.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, was like, I don't
0: even know how that happens. But, I mean, granted, I didn't know the final score, but like there was nothing like nothing, no success they've ever had in a specific game.
1: The Blazers ever... were the only game. Right. That was,
0: And like they, and like the switch to the small ball thing has kind of helped in this regard. But like, but like, here's the thing: Treblers stink,
1: suck. Oh, wow! They trying to they lose. They stink,
0: and like, I don't know, like against any team that's like worth a damn. Like, I mean, I mean, the Pacers are gonna be absolute trash after this trade deadline because they're not gonna have Sabonis or Turner, uh, maybe not even Lavert. We'll see. But like, even with those guys, they're pretty bad. But like, there's there's no like game against the Pacers, like the Thunder like where I'm like confident in because they play hard as hell. And that's literally our Achilles heel. And I don't know. Uh, uh, but what I was going to say is whenever they're getting those kind of like decent leads, 10 point, 15 point leads, it never feels like sustainable because most of the stuff is like them just like lucking into stuff. Like, you know, Pacers missing shots or like Pacers getting offensive rebound and then like missing a shot or like turn it over whatever. Like that one time where LeBron was like, Someone was like, oh, like asking him a question about the offensive rebounds or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, but uh, they didn't get that many second chance points. It's Like, that's not the point,
1: dude. Yeah. (laughs) The
0: point is, you're giving up a ton of offensive rebounds. Yeah. I don't don't even know what team was that. Was it the Kings? I don't know. It it was a bad team. It was in that stretch where we won a decent amount of games and we we were just playing trash. And... It's like, dude, that's not the point. The point is you guys can't rebound, and the point is you're going to play a team like the Bucks or the Suns or the Warriors, and you're going to give up to so many offensive rebounds to them, and it's going to be like the Nuggets game where you're down by freaking 40.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Look, team's starting to pick up on it now. Literally every team is doing the same thing to us. We go small. They put a wing on Russ, and then... Mm-hmm. They, you know, they they know that we don't want to necessarily go big, and they know our bigs aren't like
0: Spry. not,
1: yeah. So they like, okay, well, we'll just out effort you guys, and it's like the same formula. So while,
0: and and apparently the Jazz did not know that formula before the game because I mean mm-hmm. you were talking about it. We were like, what are they doing? Like they are just not properly taking advantage of us. Like do they know who the Lakers are? You just do like. 50 pick and rolls to us like get donovan mitchell in the pick and roll with us you're gonna like donovan mitchell's gonna be getting mid-ranges and like getting to the hoop at will that's what that's yeah. what the pay like we can to i mean god i i can't believe i've never seen so much analysis today on uh shading karis Levert to the left or right it's been Same. ridiculous i've learned i've learned more about karis Levert this season or today than i've learned about like the lakers this season <laughs> uh but like it doesn't like i was like it doesn't matter which way we're shading him he's got like avery bradley in front of him and we've got dwight or whoever the hell in drop coverage and they're not getting up too uh, too much on him because they know we don't have the size to combat whoever that role man is and mm-hmm. it's it's shooting practice it's nobody in front of you mid-range jumpers all day every day and then by the time we you know Get keen to that fact and start playing up, boom, blow bys, blow bys, blow bys. Yeah, blow in a rhythm, buys.
1: Yeah, like I feel like the whole fourth quarter, he played either he was wide open at three or he was at the free throw line or he was below the three point line, as far as like you know, three level score. And I'm just like, yeah, it was a, a few plays that was, was on mellow, which you know, since we always say assign sign and fault to people. That was on mellow and for Vogel playing mellow for that long. But it's like at some point it stops being about, I think Danny Green actually commented on it, which is something we probably need to get up. He was kind of defending Frank Vogel. He was like, yeah, you know, you can look at what a coach does or whatever, but coaching on the floor playing defense, coach ain't on the floor, turning the ball over. Like people have to understand when you're critiquing basketball, you can critique both things separately. It doesn't have to be all the weight on the coach. Because uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to the players. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They in between the lines. Are they going to change plays when they're in between the lines. And like I said, the effort is on the player. That's why some players in the league and some players not in the league. It's not always going to be on the coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I don't ride with, oh, we need to fire this coach. Because I understand both sides going to have flaws. But I'm I'm looking at the players to like overcome the flaws, you know what I'm saying? In my opinion,
0: and for anyone who thinks that they're gonna fire Frank Vogel and then like get AD back and get rejuvenated and like get you know maybe get Jeremy Grant and they're just gonna roll onto the play uh, playoffs because they don't have Frank Vogel, you're insane.
1: It's, it's not insane. a movie. This is not a movie, dog. No, like you don't you don't do that. Like, because and you
0: definitely don't have and you don't you definitely don't have the most insane turmoil leak filled week of all time what like two or three weeks before the trade deadline and like they're not like you can't just have there's never been a team to have this much disconnect between the front office players and coaches and then first of all with zero capital to trade essentially nah. uh, let alone having like a ton of first round picks or like tradable contracts and then take all those tradeable contracts and picks, turn into something and bring them back. We don't even have that luxury. But even if we did, fr- firing Frank Vogel and doing all that is not going to win us a championship. It, it could get us close. But again, like I said, we don't have that luxury. We don't have the draft capital. Shipped it all out for Russ. And it's about, t- you know, made the bet. It's about time to lay in it. I could see my four on a scale of one to 10 like i said maybe getting up to a six but if i'm saying seven that means i'm like i'm talking about like yeah i definitely mm-hmm. think they could win a championship but you know they're playing some good teams but like that four after a trade deadline could easily go
1: down to one for me bro is that simple like because for me yeah fire frank vocal sounds great but do you guys hear the things that we are hearing and see what we're seeing this looks like Kurt Ramos wants to come and coach. Bro, I think I've seen that somewhere. Did you see that?
0: Uh, Bill Bill Plaschke for the LA Times said it in his column, and I think he was mostly theorizing. But the fact that it's not the most insane thing I've ever heard.
1: That's the sad that part I could see it, it,
0: And right? that I could see it happening just speaks volumes about how preposterous the Lakers are.
1: Yeah, like the whole coming down to shoot with players, telling and I know he told, I know they changed that story, but clearly when Frank Vogel said, "Yeah, I meet with them after every game." That clearly told me that he does that's, come that, and meet That's him.
0: insane. That's like,
1: micromanaging, bro.
0: That that's the most insane like level of micromanaging I've ever heard in my life. I don't think I don't I really don't think I've ever heard of NBA any NBA team whether they're having healthy conversations or not, which we have basically found out for a fact that the Lakers are probably not having healthy conversations in these <laughs> meetings. Like, okay, we just got done with the game. Let me go meet with my bosses for 82 games. Right. And then, and then 10 or so in the playoffs, if we're so lucky, that's right. and, insane. Nobody wants to see her uh, that much.
1: And he, he said they come and sit in the, you know, when they do the game plans, that's yeah. the equivalent of you... Basically, that's like if, if me and you were teaching and our principal came and sat with us, like, I don't think no principal sits with anybody to do their lesson plans, but that's just like a principal coming to sit with you while you do but your like, lesson plans.
0: like, that did happen a little bit, I remember back in school, but, like, <laughs> once a month, maybe.
1: Right, like, once a month. Once
0: a month, maybe with two times. With good intent, though, because they have times, to do that. Maybe two times if the principal isn't feeling the teacher or exactly. or there's a bad kid in the class... But every single like four or five times a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this isn't even like this isn't even like a phone call or anything. Face to face meeting.
1: With Come the intent on. to like actually go and dictate stuff. That's when you that's when it really negative part. Cause it's like you coming now and you basically looking like looking at me in my mouth while I'm trying to do my thing, just so you can be like, I I don't really like that. And I want you to do this, which like I man, we've been screaming this to the heavens. I'm like, it ain't no way on God's green earth that they sign DeAndre Jordan just to sign him <laughs> and have him there for like leadership or whatever. This man got signed; he got promised playing time. Trevor Reason, which for I do sure. understand, he got promised playing time, which is why he just weirdly starting now because they. I I think. <laughs> I think I think uh. they're starting
0: him and praying. They're praying that, uh, as Frank says, he gets his legs underneath him, and it's not. Mm-hmm just a wash factor. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, he only played like 15 minutes even after starting uh, on Wednesday. I kind of feel them giving up on that idea more mm-hmm. like slow and slow as we go on.
1: And you know, the more I think Which about is sad, it, but I'm gonna get kind of, kind of cynical, bro. You remember in the playoffs, how the last playoff game, because <laughs> they, <laughs> they create this kind of environment. Like, Dude. It's one thing. If you're a good organization, you don't have to have these kind of thoughts and think like about so much politics. But they clearly are buying, they buying into all the politics, bro. But my 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 thing is I think that they had a decent relationship up until last year with the whole Marcus Al thing. Even though Marcus Al didn't do himself no favors because he started very slow, but when they bought in Drummond and that kind of fractured, you know, Mark Gasol relationship and the way he felt about the organization. Um, I think when they brought in Drummond, that's when everything kind of started going to a head. Cause I can bet that Frank Vogel, if you gave, I always said, if you give Frank Vogel truth serum, because he's such a diplomat, I guarantee you, if you had to talk to him when he brought in Drummond, his preference would have been to start Mark Gasol and keep going. Cause that's when they were they, they was rolling. They had Mark at center before he caught COVID. Mm-hmm. And he he finally started getting his rhythm. He was playing good. And then they kept rolling. That was a big reason they kept rolling. Because Marcus Al was an adult on the floor on both ends. He, he worked well with, you know, Schroeder as far as like a pick and roll partner who actually set screens and Schroeder got a good mid range and all that good stuff. And then Drummond came. So they had to force feed, you know, putting them in the starting lineup and change what they were doing. And Drummond did decent at times sometimes. He didn't do so decent. But then when the playoffs came, he was decent in the playoffs too. But when he started, like, really looking bad, and Frank just straight out benched him, didn't give him no playing time, I think that was Frank saying, you know what? I did it y'all way. I'm going to do it my way now. And it's funny because that game, they played small ball after they got, like, slapped around in three quarters. In the fourth quarter, they actually looked like a Frank Vogel kind of team. As far as yep. like good effort and, I remember it. I was getting
0: I was getting my hopes up,
1: <laughs> Bruh. And I think that that carried over into this season now. Now that they like now that they got past the, the little honeymoon phase, of getting rust in the first few games, they're back at that that point again.
0: I do I do agree that like that whole Drummond assault nonsense was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of. Lakers just going full toxicity, uh, but I actually kind of think it starts with that shooter deal, and uh, I mean, I should have known the next couple years would go to shit that one first interview shooter did on his phone, where he's like, yeah,'m I'm, I'm done with that bench stuff. And it's like, oh there's <laughs> a, there's a little bit of a role promised here to a guy who's coming on a championship team. like that's crazy. They just like I don't know. Let's let's put a little bow on all this, but mm-hmm. I feel like the front office just like I don't know what it is. It's like a how, college. I don't bro. even. Know, I don't it's even. It's like a
1: college. To... It's a college. Yeah, it's, it's a college mentality.
0: Know, and actually, that's a good segment of What I'm saying, it feels like they're smoking something on every single day. Like <laughs> I just, like what like what are they thinking? With like what like what are they actually thinking? With all of these leaks today. I don't know who's leaking all this. Frank Vogel might be leaking some of this stuff. I know for a fact the front office is leaking some stuff. Who knows? Mike Penberthy might be leaking some stuff. I have no clue who's leaking it. But there's multiple people leaking it. If not two to three different parties. But like, what are they actually thinking that they're going to get like from this? Like, What is the goal? Like, Do they actually think this might actually you know work out or but like there's just no way they actually think that or do they or they are they
1: just smoking dope (laughs) lay off the weed lay off the weed lay off
0: like there's oh my gosh i mean i just it just like makes no sense and like we kind of said it like a little bit but like two or three weeks before a trade deadline like this stuff in like no like in november or december i could have like understood and I actually would have, at that point, was kind of fine with them firing Frank Vogel
1: Because yeah. it's like, okay,
0: we've got a decent amount of time left in the season. Like, we could write the ship. Like, whatever. Like, a while before the trade deadline. Who knows? Like, yada, 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 yada. But it's too late now. Like, it's too late. You guys well, should
1: have
0: all gotten the same page. Figured your shit out. Put your egos to the side. Quit fighting. Kurt Rambis. Go away. Get in the corner. And they could have, and they honestly could, like, I don't know. They could have figured this out the trade deadline. AD could have came back. But this whole week has really tanked my confidence in them winning a the championship.
1: Yeah. It's a shit show, man. So let's, uh, we can we can bow this part up and then we'll move on to positivity. So um, what do you think is going to happen with Vogel? Give me your final prediction.
0: I was going to say, I don't even know if we're going to be able to get to the positivity, sadly. But uh <laughs> Save that for the next pod, but Vogel. So, I think he, I don't know. Do you think he's going to get fired in the middle of the season or do you think all this is going to uh, drag out and he, I mean, he's getting fired after the season. Like, it's yeah. without a doubt in my mind. He's getting, yeah. at the latest, he's getting fired mm-hmm. like they won after the season is over. Um, yeah. unless, unless they win a championship, but that's not happening. Sorry. Um, I I don't really know. I I don't really know. Like if they lose to the Magic, I think their next game is Sunday mm-hmm. uh, against the Heat. I do think they'll fire him. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll fire him after um, any other game in this road trip, unless it's like a Nuggets catastrophic thirty-seven point beat down, which against the Heat. That might happen, <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah, but and I, but then I but then at the same time I don't know maybe they'll just be like, hey, you're getting fired when you get back, and then just wait till this road trip's over. Yeah, I was um, just gonna
1: say that. I think
0: uh, I. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead.
1: No, nah, I ain't mean to cut you. Go ahead, you finish up, man. I. I, you, I, I
0: the more I think about it, um, I mean this road trip. They're not gonna go like five and one in on this road trip. They're gonna go like even if AD comes back, they're going to go three and three max, probably more like two and four. Um, And yeah, I could totally see them just waiting until the road trips over. Uh, I think I looked their last game of the road trip is like an afternoon game in Atlanta on a Sunday. And then they've got a day off Monday day off Tuesday. And then they've got a home game Wednesday. And that seems like, I feel like they're kind of even like penciling it in like, Oh, that seems like a good time big break in between the two games come home right if they get off the plane Vogel, let's have our after game meeting like we always freaking do and get you fired mm-hmm. whoever's being the interim head coach or whatever and let's move on so yeah i i kind of think that's the most realistic thing but if they lose to the magic i would not be surprised if they tell them to come home saturday
1: yeah i'm a. I think he's done after the six game road trip because I don't think they're gonna win enough games. Just considering the the caliber of opponent, AD is not gonna be back. And even if he does come back, I don't expect him to be the high level AD that I know he can be. But I know he'll get there before the season ends. And I think um, I think it's already understood, and they've already had the discussion already. And I know if my if a report like that got out. And I'm already meeting with them. I'm pretty sure that uh Frank was a, a a give it to me straight kind of guy. And he probably already asked him, so what's the plan? You know, cause I wanna have things in order. And um either they told him, Well, we we won't fire you or they told him, Hey, after the sixth game. You know how they don't say how do how they say it when they be reporting like trade trade news and stuff?
0: uh like like
1: strong it's a strong it's a strong they have strong interest yeah strong we have a strong interest in going into another direction after the road trip pending the results um so i think i think it's already understood he 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 knows what's going to happen to him already
0: he he's been getting uh like you said like he likes to be like he likes to be careful with what he says like before mm-hmm. games after games whatever for frank vogel um for the for the Frank Volvo standard, he's singing like a canary lately. Like mm-hmm. he he's on that he's on that. I put in my two weeks energy.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. When he said that last night, he was like, and the way he said it, it wasn't that he said it because oh, you man. know he usually Defeat. would like. Yeah, he would he would sandwich it. He kind he can kind say, of, he can say like, a
0: lot of negative. He can say a lot of somewhat negative things, but make them sound like
1: yeah, inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah, he'd be like, man, yeah, Russ is a. One of the greatest in the league. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a guy. He comes in every day. He gives his energy, uh, you know, dynamic He just he just, tonight he tonight just we always to
0: this... he just always wants to make the right play.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tonight we want to get a different look. He that's what he would have said. He loves saying that. We just wanted to get a different look and you know when we closed mm-hmm. and you know going into the playoffs and mix things up, he would have left it at that. But when he was just like, I played the players who I who who I thought I could get us to win. I was like, what? sassy pants frank
0: (laughs) oh man well yeah we were going to uh end on some positivity but we've been talking for a while and it's so hard i mean we should just say it shout out stanley johnson i'm so sorry that the lakers continue to try and drown out all of your positivity (laughs) and all your energy it's it's probably as just more exhausting to you than it is to us. So I apologize, Stanley Johnson. Please, please keep playing for us. And I really hope that stupid team gives you a contract for the rest of the year. Because, good lord. I think, I think there's going to be another strike in front of Crypto.com Arena if they don't sign Stanley Johnson for the rest of the season.
1: You know it. Maybe they'll
0: maybe they'll just really buy into being the villain, and they'll just trade like Reeves and Monk for like
1: nothing at the (laughs) trade deadline,
0: just to really, just really get us going.
1: (laughs) Trade exception, (laughs) yeah,
0: just for a trade exception that like something Danny Ainge would love. Oh my god, bro! Do you so? Do you have any any thoughts? Any maybe positivity you want to bring the way? Shout-out to Stanley Johnson or something like that. Or any last Vogel thoughts?
1: Yeah, shout-out to Stanley Johnson, man. Shout-out to AD coming back. and Honestly, um,
0: shout-out Vogel, too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> shout-out Vogel, man. He had a tough week. He don't deserve this, man. It's hard to win a championship in this league under those circumstances, too. And he pulled it off. And he did it, you know, um, with a lot of doubt going into that season. Coaches then, don't win
0: championships on accident.
1: Yeah, they don't, man. Then to come back. 2 years later and basically have have your cuz this is his team man. I know the front office own the team, this is his team though. To so basically have a hijack 2 years in a row and to go out like this is like it's just sad, I ain't gonna lie.
0: It is sad. Um hopefully next time we record I mean, I don't know what positivity we'll be able to get uh between now and the next time we record, but hopefully the Lakers at least get a win tomorrow or today at the time of you listening to this against the magic because it doesn't really get much worse than losing to the magic and that would be terrible um and like we said if they do lose the magic that might be the final straw for poor frank vogel uh but we will go ahead and wrap it up with those final thoughts we will uh see you guys next time on the lakers outsiders podcast again Super appreciative of you guys listening, and uh, for me and Walt, we will see you guys next time.
1: Peace, y'all. Stay safe.